0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is the Kingsman to my statesman, Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing okay, John. I'm I'm, I'm looking outside, and it's, it's it's bright sunshine today as we record. This is this uh. is completely new for the BAMP. It's it's also really quite warm in the UK. So as it, as listeners will know, for the last five oh. years of the show, I think. Uh, we don't have aircon in the uk so i'm already starting to get the sweat on um and that's just because i'm speaking to john the fact that is oh, yes. makes it even harder but no my friend i uh, i'm doing okay very excited to dive into tonight's film or this afternoon's film today's film with you but before that i need to know how are you, are you keeping florida safe and well
0: yes uh it's funny that it's sunny where you are because it is raining here um yeah switch just to pour down a bit right before we started recording. Although it's, it's, it's doing one of those weird kind of like drizzles for a few seconds, stops completely. Then it rains real hard for a minute and then it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, it's been overcast. Uh, I got up. Um, won't say why just yet, but I got up this morning uh, because I, I'm not at work today. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to uh, run with my, my uh, editor uh, Burke reviews. We, we try to run on Saturdays usually, but we have again, a reason I will talk about later. Um, nice. We, we were able to run uh, today and uh but it was overcast so it was kind of like i still i sweat way too much like it is an unwieldy amount of sweat that i am i managed to produce but it was still warm but cooler than a normal morning run because there's no sunshine today um we just beat the rain, so it was nice but uh that's how i started my day you know got up had an energy drink ran uh three miles well mostly walked but we run a lot of it but it is a lot of walking um but you know we talk and walk and run and uh complain about the run and then end the run. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so your body, so, you, so you've do, you've been for a run and had an energy drink. So your body can't tell whether it's buzzing or ready to sleep.
0: Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's in the balance. Uh, it's, it's all about balance. <laughs> of course, but we're not here today to talk about running or weather, even though we do talk about weather probably way too often. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> we're here to talk about a film, uh, that both of us caught in the theater. Uh, it's only playing in theaters right now. It's called X. um, maybe one of the worst titles as far as like, it's a pretty, it's one letter. There's not too many one letter movies uh, that have a memorable title, but it's X true. from 2022, directed and written by Ty West. Uh, you may know Ty West for uh, his short on VHS, um, and then he did The Innkeepers, which I like, and I haven't seen, uh, there's another movie of his that I've not seen, um, which I believe is on Shutter. so I'm going to try to check that out in the near future if I can, but uh, ex-stars Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Brittany Snow, Kid Cudi, Martin Henderson, Owen Campbell, and Stephen Ury. Um The IMDb synopsis, in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. But when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast finds themselves fighting for their lives. Uh, 95 Rotten Tomatoes, 78 Metascore, 7.5 IMDb user score, and a 3.8 on Letterbox. This is a horror film that uh, is a throwback in a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of references, like direct allusions to other horror films. Uh, those versed in the genre will either find that uh, rewarding, which is how I took it, mm-hmm. or you might find it pretentious. As my uh, a friend of the pod uh, noted, <laughs> I won't game drop, but. Uh, I usually do, but I'm not going to this time. Um, cause I, I, don't know if he who. Used, I don't know if he used that word in his review. So I don't want to like throw that out there. Um, Damn but, you. uh, I really like this movie. And the thing, um, that I find conflicting with myself is I am not a fan of the original Texas chainsaw massacre, at least no. the one time I've watched it. Um, I did just purchase the 40th anniversary edition um, because it was five bucks. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to revisit this movie because I just rewatched the sequel. I really liked X and this movie clearly takes not all of it from Texas Chainsaw, but clearly like the setting and there's, I think the scene where they pull up to the gas station is almost like a shot for shot recreation of the scene in Texas Chainsaw.
1: It it, it owes a big debt to that film.
0: Yes. uh, But To me, this is better Texas Chainsaw. And I know that is a controversial statement to say. But I like this movie way more than I liked uh, Texas Chainsaw. Um, I think there's a lot of commentary here. I think there's a lot of stuff that you can kind of read into and break down. But even just on the surface of a horror, it works so well. The practical, I assume practical effects, they look practical, um, is outstanding. The performances, I mean, Mia Goth... I, I've liked her, but I love her in this. I think she is doing so much stuff that is just so interesting. Um, Brittany snow. I've been a fan because of pitch perfect. I'm a big fan of that film franchise mm-hmm. minus number three. I like to pretend three doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and Jenna Ortega. I mean this, I wasn't really familiar with her before this year, but I've now seen four movies with her in it this year and she's been excellent in all of them. Um, but I particularly like her in this film. I think she has a lot of subtle work here in the background Um, that just really makes it stand out. Uh, It's a horror film, so I don't feel like it's a spoiler to say kills happened. I won't say who or how or when, but I thought all of the kills were pretty interesting. Some were shocking. Uh, I love catching movie references from the other horror stuff. I mean, there's a reason I really like Edgar Wright's stuff. And a a lot of it is that he's referential. Same thing, Kevin Smith, he's so referential to things that we already love. And I think, West is able to do that with a lot of horror stuff. And some of it is blatant and others are, you really need to know the film to get the reference of why this is there or why this item is done this way or why the shot is framed this way. And then there's a unique thing this movie does. He has this uh, really interesting editing uh, thing. He is a motif that he uses a few times where we cut to the next thing, but we cut back. Then we cut to the thing again and then cut back and then cut to the thing and we stay with it. And I haven't figured out exactly why, he does that. But I really liked it. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Obviously, To me, the fact that it's reused, there's a function there. Um, I have a few ideas that I haven't fully fleshed out, and I've only seen this once, and I feel like this movie is deserving of a rewatch to really get all of what it's doing. But I I loved it. I, I was really like into it, thought it was excellent. Um, I, I'm excited because I'm kind of a new fan of horror. Like I, I've really embraced the genre over the last year. It's something I'm really more interested in studying Mm -hmm. and diving deeper into where you have been a a bigger fan of it overall so what i would like to hear your thoughts matt What, what were you thinking of
1: x yeah i've been a fan of horror since i've been far too young to enjoy horror films and again harking back to the old days of the show i think listeners have probably gone on a trip with you um from the early days where i'd always make the joke that you know jb he doesn't like horses he doesn't like horror films he still don't like horses, but it's warming to horror films. So there's that the arc you're taking throughout the life of this podcast has been uh, there for all to see. Um, yeah, X. Oh man, honestly, yeah this this very this is very much a, a throwback. I wouldn't I don't want to call it a love letter or that, that it's troping on too much, but it, there are so many nods to films like yeah you, I think you mentioned off air Psycho. Obviously, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is much better than the remake of that franchise they dropped the other yeah. week on Netflix um and then things like eaten alive as well uh, which stars uh freddy krueger but i think before he was freddy krueger um yeah i really liked x i really really liked this film it i was slightly worried going in because i'd heard that it was getting you know widespread acclaim and it was people were calling it the best horror film in years not they weren't calling it the scariest thankfully they're calling it the best 100 uh, on rt for what it's worth so i kind of thought oh no is it going to be that good and yeah I think it's really good it's, it's it's not perfect nothing is but it's one of the best horror films I've seen in the last few years because it's it is it's a simple horror film to me there are subtexts bubbling away under the surface I'm not entirely sure that um that Ty West is too keen on getting into them they're fairly surface level but I mean for me it, it was just I mean the coolest part for me sorry was the fact that you know the RJ, who is a he's a cameraman, he is there to film this porn film, or as he wants to call it an, a great adult flick. You know, yes. he wants to make a really good adult flick, but the others are like people just want to see sex, and this this is that, that feels like the film to me. You know, it's an A twenty four film, um, so you know they they it's kind of already advertised as this. You know, what's that? What's the phrase everyone hates? Elevated horror because it's A twenty four. You know, we're, we're going to get this artsy horror flick when. No, people just want to see a low bunch of slasher. And this is what this is for the most part. It opens with a wonderfully subversive shot as well, which which I thought was almost clapped in the cinema. Um, the way this film opened, I was like, this is, that is so very clever. Like, and, it is, that's, and it is that A24 uh, elevated horror vibe that, that I thought we were going to get. I thought we were going to get this in a different um, screen format, size format, but nope. Yeah, me too. They pulled a fast one. I thought that was really, really clever.
0: I, I was also character- actually... Sorry no no but i i was also like i'm like oh they did the the, the square aspect ratio yeah. for this too huh and
1: then aspect ratio, that's it. it's
0: not even the square aspect ratio it's cuz it's it's frame inside of a like a door like we're we're a looking or through yeah. um and so i'm like oh okay cool 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 like when it goes full wide i'm like all right good i like that
1: yeah, I um, thought that was really clever, and I because uh, when it came on as a four by three, I, th- I th- also thought, oh no, I c I've quite cause I noticed what, before the film started that the screen, you know, d- it didn't expand before uh, once the trailers and adverts are finished, it stayed the same um, aspect ratio, and I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. Usually, obviously, it gets wider, but not this time. Uh, but I'm glad it wasn't four by three. Um, I think that the characters are well developed for a, for a, a slash of film. You know their motivation yeah. straight away within the first, I don't know, 20 minutes. You know, it, this is what they are, this is who they are, this is what they want. And then also, when they're not filming, this is what they're like off camera. And they're not quite your stereotypical awful people off of camera when, when the camera stops rolling in terms of their serious adult film. So I think that they did a really good job given us some decent characters uh the the events in the film there is lots of gore in this film there's lots of violence there's lots of blood again no spoilers there are uh, as john said and as the pre- the entire premise of this damn film says people get killed you know there are kills in this film some of them are some of them are kind of uh, uh very visceral others that catch you out of nowhere some are telegraphed um right off the bat but it's 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 it's, it's not a fun film but there is a there is kind of an element over the top of it of it's it's satirical without ever being satire. It's that kind of vibe to it. So it's where it's not taking itself wholly seriously, but there are still some good moments of horror. There's some good moments of tension atmosphere. There's a great over, there's a great um, overhead helicopter shot uh, view, sorry, of someone in the lake with an alligator. I thought that was really good. Uh, A bit of uh, foreshadowing, but yeah, I, I think it was a very good film. I, I hear you when you say you know. There are messages. There are there are some messages about you know uh, about sex, aging, porn, uh, the, the industry within itself. Obviously, there's some very obvious ones as well. Yeah, but I think uh, I think first and foremost, this is just a fun throwback um, slasher film sure. with uh, with some decent with some decent jokes in. Uh, we are, uh, there, there is a post credit scene. By the way, everyone, we won't go into that on this particular episode, but there is a post credit scene which I was quite surprised that there even was in the first place to this, but yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it. It's a throwback to those exploitation, sexploitation films of the seventies. And yeah, I mean, well, so I mean, Mia Goff as well. You mentioned, sorry, you mentioned Mia a goth, I me, mean, she a goth, me a fan of her in this film. That's my bad joke of the day. Oh, yeah. I think she's really good. good in, in her roles. She's Really good. Yeah. Everyone's decent.
0: I think just, this is a very surface quick level reading, but just to point out, like, I do think there's way more happening in this movie than, than not. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That, the old lady is is basically saying like i'm old but can people still love me and Mm -hmm. if you look at that simply as the movie this is a throwback movie and essentially i think ty west is saying like yes elevated horror is this new trend and whatever but people still will like an old horror film if it's well made if it's done with love if it's done if it's done with the intention behind it and like I'm not going to get into the story elements of the character that I'm referring to, the old lady, and why I think that really parallels in an interesting way. But I do mm-hmm. think that's just that's just one of what I think are many threads that you can dive into and really get something out of it. But again, I think that's what's so great about a movie like this is that on the surface, it's entertaining, it's engaging, it gives you what you want from a slasher film but if you take the time to look beneath it, it's doing a lot more than that. There's, there's a lot of meta commentary about the industry and about horror as a genre. But I also think there's um, there's some things that you can read into, like you said, about sexuality, religion, uh, morality, and what is yes. morals. Um, there's, there's just so much. And I, I love a rich tapestry in a film that you can just look at it and go, wow, that's beautiful. Or that's outstanding. Or that's horrendous, essentially, with what you want from a horror film. But then when you look at all of the individual pieces that went into this and you see the intentionality, you see the thought, you see, again, it's not that you'll necessarily agree with the commentary, but it's there to be read. And yeah. I, I love that about movies like this. It's one of the reasons why I'm really starting to appreciate horror is seeing all those different levels that you can come at it and and really get uh, the allegory um, that it's doing. So uh, I, I, this is a film I'm definitely going to add to my collection um and i see rewatchability and as you mentioned the post credits which i wish i'd known was there when i saw the movie because i had to watch it on youtube thanks to you
1: um, yeah. the because the post credit d- scene that is not the film yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah sorry uh, not the film
0: <laughs> um, although who knows i hope it's not please go see it yeah. in theaters if you can do it safely um support movies like this because it's really cool that this got a big release i'm i was surprised that this was at my local yeah. theater um and nothing else came out like this month has been one of the driest months um outside of we got the batman but then for like two weeks there was almost nothing major uh but x is a it's a big release in my eyes but it's not gonna it's it's obviously not a four quadrant movie it is a very hard r um yeah. i would imagine this was close to nc 17 at,
1: at, it was an 18 over here so
0: yeah so yeah so um uh because there's a, the sexuality is actually pretty tame but it's still it's the the premise of it alone is going to imply there's going to be a lot of sexuality in this film. And there is Um, it's mostly I've seen much more graphic stuff in movies that are rated R to be fair, but Mm -hmm. it's still like there is still considering the runtime and the amount of time we spend in those scenes, they are pretty provocative and, and you know, they're there. So, you know, if you're out of your comfort zone,
1: I think it plays into what the actual kind of meta quality of the film, almost that yeah. R.J. wanted to make an, an artsy adult flick, and w- when when the film shows, you know, the, what he's the footage of what he's done, the kind of to with it actually happening, you know, it is done in that taste artsy, tasteful way, if you will. So we kind of get to see so how how we see the the sex unfold on screen is, you know, in the the adult way, as R.J. said that he wanted to put it across. So they've gone. I thought that was quite clever as well. Um, Yeah, yeah, I agree with, I agree with what you say there. It's a much more eloquent way of putting it that there are uh, for me. Yeah. uh, Most up top. This is, this is a cool throwback slasher, but yeah, you, you, you peel away the layers and there are many other subtexts underneath it, which some are some are dove dove into more than others. Others are just there for you to interpret. I'm sure given the chance. Yeah. They'll, they'll dive into these a little bit more, but you know, I think this was, this was a surprisingly good film. Um, sometimes with a film like this, you know, does it, does it, uh, deliver on its premise and on its promise as well. And I think it did the premise, it worked and the promise of what I'd heard and what I thought it could give me. it gave me what I wanted to do. So yeah, in, yeah. Term, uh, in terms of was, it was one of the better films I've seen this year probably was because it gave me what I wanted and so far. Yeah. Some of the best films I've seen this year, simply because of what i wanted out of them have been the horror films this and scream for example you know yeah. I, I went in i wanted something i got it i'm very happy thank you very much i mean uh, so i'm, I'm looking forward to hit seeing more about this
0: the batman has been argued to be a type of horror film too so mm. like if you want to be you know, really uh, pedantic about it. I think we could make an argument that, yeah, the best films so far this year all fall into the horror genre. If
1: you want to call seven or a horror film, or or even to a much lesser extent, because I think it's actually is, but silence of the lambs, you know, they they kind of straddle that line. I'm not saying that the Batman is up there with silence of the lambs, but you know, they, they're they're kind of bandied about genres and there is certainly elements of horror in the Batman, certainly in the opening scenes, uh, 10, 10, 15 minutes. So, um yeah no I, I agree some of the best films have had at least had horror inflections or undertones so john it'll be your favorite genre before you know it
0: i, I you know i i don't doubt it at this point i'm really vibing with it uh i do like a lot of other genres but it, yeah. horror man um if it's if it really connects it's it's definitely a, one that really connects uh like it's a genre that when i like something in it i really like it um same time though, when i don't like it i really don't like it you yeah know, there's, there's stuff a lot of crap out just, there Uh, I really don't connect with, but, um, and again, some of the, the stuff that I feel is not good are some of the most beloved horror films like Texas chainsaw, which I just, there's just something about it that I just cannot connect with. Um,
1: I'd rather watch this again, than watch um, the original TCM, which is heresy to some, but it's opinion to others. I don't hate the Texas chainsaw massacre, but I'm exactly the same as you. We've said it on the review of the new episode, the news phone, but, there's just something about it. I always feel like I'm being held at arms' arms' length, and I know that's always also part of the director uh, Toe Pooper's um, what he wanted. He didn't want to give us a, a soft, cuddly horror film. He wanted us to feel dirty and grimy, and I do. But in this instance, it's a bit too much. Yeah, When that yeah, instance, it's how I feel. I feel the same.
0: Oh. But uh, X so that's locked it. That's our review of X. We both liked it. We both recommend it. Again, as long as you like horror, and it is gory and there is nudity so know that going in like if it's if those are things that you don't want to see don't see the x cuz it's going to give you that stuff but if you're into the horror i think it's it's definitely a must see for uh, for fans of the genre yeah let's move Agreed. into our next our next segment is chuffed headlines um these are movie or pop culture news that caught our attention uh matt went with a a, a british character of sorts matt uh, what's your
1: headline this week I did. I've kept it close to home. Uh, my headline is from Screen Rants, an article by Lola McCauley, and the headline is, Daniel Radcliffe reveals he used to be embarrassed playing Harry Potter. Uh, it is slightly misleading headline. Uh, saying, uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, Radcliffe hates Potter, but not quite. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe reveals he used to be embarrassed playing Harry Potter, and I only came to think of it as cool when looking back on the work. Um, what he's actually what he actually said was, because you, you've got to remember, when... Daniel Radcliffe started as Harry Potter. He was what eleven, ten, eleven, or twelve, or something. Like he was and a kid, yeah. and he grew up with that character. So every few years, he'd have to go back, or every every year for about 10, for, for about a decade of his life, he'd have to go back to that character. Uh, and he said, because um, he was asked, they were do, doing a press tour for the Lost City alongside Sandra Bullock and Two uh, Fab, a uh, outlook called Two Fab. Basically, said, you know, is there any, you know, is there any film roles you look back on and you're embarrassed by and radcliffe said i think honestly when i was on harry potter and dressed as a schoolboy it didn't feel like the coolest thing at the world of the time it's been later that i've looked back and gone that was incredibly cool and i do feel that now for sure so he he wasn't embarrassed playing harry potter he was he's just a bit you know he thought well i'm you know i'm growing up now i'm a i'm a teenager i'm i am I'm, I'm growing up i'm going through puberty and all i'm all I'm doing is you know, walk around with a wand and these robes and these Kind of weird thick glasses, it's not really very cool, is it? Uh, but you know, in, in hindsight, he looks back and is like, That was that was great, which always makes me happy to hear because you hear of a lot of actors who uh made their name in a certain role and they don't always talk too fondly about it. and Radcliffe has gone on to appear in some weird and wonderful uh films, like really, some some of them are so far from the idea of Harry Potter, it's fabulous, and I really like that. Elijah Wood went on a similar trajectory as well where he just started doing a lot of indie films or, or kind of art films uh, that weren't necessarily for the mainstream post-Lord of the Rings. And Danny Radcliffe had a really interesting career. I've seen oh, man. most of his films post-Potter, most of them. And for the most part, I've, I've enjoyed most of them, if not all of them. I think he's generally quite good in them. I just like the fact that he's pushing himself. Part I'm sure to start with, because I think it's the woman in black he did first. He def- he, he himself said, I took that role. Because it was so different to Harry Potter. Now I think he just likes testing himself as an actor. But um, can you can you uh, can you see where he's coming from? Do you think it may be in a bit a bit uncool to dress as like a dorky school kid in your teens? And uh, I'm guessing you're going to be like me. And you you think it's pretty cool that you know he's he he's look he looks back and thinks yeah that was good. I enjoyed that actually.
0: Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that because it is like it's always a concern with child actors. Um, and honestly, the Harry Potter three seem to have been like the main three have s- seemed to have done a pretty good job of adjusting to their celebrity um, mm-hmm. by comparison to a lot of others uh, like children actors. Like from what I hear, Rupert Grint's kind of like soft retired, but like I heard he bought like an ice cream truck and just drives around and like gives
1: kids free ice uh, cream and stuff. Yeah, you're right. He will basically, I think Rupert Grint's worth about 18 to a hundred million dollars. So yeah, I he think doesn't he's need just been like, do you know what? I'm going to do that. I, he, he, he pees in. So I think like a lot of Sky originals over here. So sort of bigger budget. Ah. TV productions here, not TV films, but like the series, like BBC series and that. So he's still in and out of work, but I think it's, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's more a case of, you know, I don't have to work anymore. I've, <laughs> I, I, I am, I am Ron forever. Let's just enjoy my life now.
0: And Radcliffe, who is clearly an actor more so like, cause he's done some stage stuff as well, but like yeah. I've seen more of his weird things. Like I love horns. I thought guns akimbo was really fun. So I'm such a fan of Swiss army, man. Like I love, <laughs> Swiss Army man so much and that is such a weird ass performance. Like, can you imagine like, hey, you're Harry Potter. Would you mind playing a corpse of yourself with, with wind. like well, like yeah, where you're you're going to do weird things like a lot. It's going to be real weird. Are you okay with that? Yeah. How about you walk dogs in a uh, rom-com like s- inside of another movie. You know, like we're going to have you walking dogs inside a rom-com.
1: <laughs> like he's done some weird stuff. <laughs> he's done he's done what if as well i'm looking at it right now with adam driver and and a host of Uh, other people i love that scene recently so much fun
0: Uh, i can't wait to see the lost city which comes out this weekend here in the states and he is and i think he's the villain in that um and he also was a villain in uh now you see me two. i think
1: yes Um, he had a second one yep and he was a neo Nazi in imperium
0: which well no he's an well, undercover well, cop yeah. who's playing in the Nazi yeah. interference. But, uh, that movie was really wild and good. Like I, I have generally liked him as an actor, so, um, I'm glad he doesn't regret it, but I also totally understand where he's coming from. Like I totally get like, not a, maybe not appreciating it at first. And, and there has to be some level of like, I am too famous. Like, cause Harry Potter, they don't, the fact that he was able to overcome being Harry Potter is huge, right? Like people still call him Harry Potter, but the fact that he's able to get all these weird roles and do all this stuff and, uh, and he, and he doesn't shy away from, it. he's not like Harrison Ford who like hated being Han Solo, right? Like <laughs> he seems to really have embraced being Harry Potter, but at the same time manages to still be Daniel Radcliffe. And I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. He came back for that, uh, Hogwarts reunion at the beginning of the year, which was a lot of fun. And uh, they all did. And he's always said, you know, I'd never say never to coming back as Potter. But he did say no to the cursed child recently because he said, "Look, that's it's, even if I even if I was going to do it, it's far too soon." You know, give me twenty, thirty years, and maybe we'll consider it because he'd be age appropriate. Um, so he's you know he's he's open on the idea of Potter, but yeah, his CV and resume since Potter is is one of the most bonkers out there, uh, just in terms of the the roles and the performances, characters, sorry that he's had to play. So um, yeah, keep on keep on enjoying Potter. I keep on doing these strange roles. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Keep doing Britain proud.
0: Indeed. I... My eye was drawn to a headline this week of... uh, It's basically that at the Oscars, many of the A-list stars are going to get a... a, Like a door prize, like a grab bag for coming to the Oscar ceremony that is worth six figures.
1: Jesus. I mean, they need it, of
0: course. And that's the irony, right? Like, people who have money get more free stuff than people who don't, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and that's, yeah. that's a, that's not necessarily wrong to the people or, you know, but it is like one of those signs where like we live, especially here in the States, we live in a country where we don't have free healthcare, which means many of our citizens don't have free health um, or don't have access to healthcare without it being ridiculous. Um, and then, you know, things like that are always a perspective. I have an ad blaring in my ear thanks to this article. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, The stuff in this bag feels real zany. Um, Like, there's so much stuff in here that, like, you're like, do they need these things? Like, um, and can they just buy these things? But the biggest crazy thing to me, I actually heard about this uh, on another podcast I listened to. But um, they get an all-inclusive stay at Turin Castle in Scotland. What? Yeah. And I'm like... How, like, what? What that seems weird to have in a bag. Like,
1: how many? What if they all want to go on at the same time? Um, but then, so uh, weird. So, so, that is so sorry to That is so weird. Like, what, what? I mean, yes yeah, a lovely castle, but what? <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, and apparently it's exclusive and by invitation only. So, you know, and ah. they get a private gin tasting, uh, for fully personalized concierge service. Um, so that's one of the many things in this bag. Uh, the other thing. Um, which is actually what I was thinking it was. Where is, where is it? At? I'm trying to find the exact wording. Um, hang on. Because the thing is you can buy plots of land in Scotland. Here it is. Uh, so uh, it, this includes all of these following things. Uh, Flavor wrap popcorn kernels, which is like a small thing. Um, Gold infused olive oil and biscuits and wafers from Boslin and Biscuits to sizable plots of land in Scotland courtesy of Highland Titles in which the title of new landowner also comes with the distinction of being called Lords and Ladies of Glencoe.
1: Uh,
0: yep. So, like, yep. I, I again, I, I'm very torn about a lot of things. However, I do, I can never ic- ic- not, not acknowledge when we see such examples of wealth being given to the wealthy while I know people who won't go see a doctor because they don't have insurance, even though they are clearly in need of a doctor. So, like, yeah. it getting past that irony is just, it's so hard. And as much as I, I'm excited to watch the Oscars, kind of, maybe, I don't know. I, I like to see who wins the awards because I care about this stuff. But, like, it's like, mm, man, that's so weird like that six figure bags and again uh, it should be noted a lot of the stuff is donated or like used as a advertising tool for those companies you know it's not necessarily that they're spending six figures on the bags but still like it is still like wow we're giving the people who have access to a lot of stuff more stuff instead of like maybe everyone who's at the oscars we've we've paid for a person's house for a year in your name like thank you you know for being here like that like you literally could do that yeah you know?
1: yeah i'm I, i'm with you on that one but on the one hand i'm very aware that you know the slip. Celeb- hey look the celebrities they're not the, the they're not going to say no to this and i'm sure some of them have yeah. probably inquired about these bags however i'm very aware that they are being given this they're not requesting it or they're not demanding it it's something that the organizers of the Oscars—they do every year—but the organizers of the Oscars are giving to them as some kind of gratuity for living, I guess. I don't know, but um, yeah, so, yeah. So the talent aren't requesting it, so I can't ever kind of point fingers at them and say you greedy, you know, greedy pigs or whatever. But you know, because at the same time, if I went into work and they said, "Hey, look, do you want to stay? We've got a castle in Scotland for a week. You can stay there, get some gin testing, uh, and also you can have a plot of land and be called Lord Hudson." If my work said that, I would say sure. How much? Nothing. Bring it on. But then I guess I'm also coming from a different place of gratitude. I maybe I guess as well. So yeah, I mean these these bags. I always, these particular bags. I talk about bags. I always find them interesting. From uh, it's simply like again, it's that surface level. I think oh, okay, fine. Yeah, what well, I'm interested to see what kind of oddities are being given away. But then yeah, you, when you really think about it, it's. it is unreal like you say six figure sum or at least that's how much they are valued at. just for just for stuff to probably never be used i mean i don't know how many of them are going to go to these castles or go for the gin tasting
0: it's like why not just buy them the stars you know like he used to be able to like buy someone a star like it's it's such a weird thing to give them a plot of land so that they can be lords and ladies like it's again it's not a big deal. It's not, it's, this isn't, there just wasn't a lot of other headlines that really grabbed me this week. But I, I do find stuff like this, such an interesting conversation because it is, it's inherently like upsetting. I think to a degree, like we're like, wow. And again, I love most of the people that are winning awards to some degree. I'm like, Oh, I'm a big fan of their work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I want them to keep doing things. It's just like, yeah, but But, come on. Like, do you need the bags? Like, do you really like
1: yeah again, i mean i know a lot of
0: them d- donate to charity a lot of them do a lot of great things it's not it's not that it's just i don't know maybe even keep that a secret like let don't let us yeah. know that you're getting these bags like it feels it feels off i'm I sure that somebody posted on social media and stuff too but
1: oh absolutely i think you're right there whilst again i don't blame like a benedict come is he is yeah. he gonna get a bag probably that's not his fault that they're gonna give it him fine but yeah i'm totally totally with you that is it, it just feels odd and uh. it? It, it feels like the, the the gap now between I feel like movies it's not it's movie stars have always been held on a different plane of existence almost from way back in the golden age of cinema so it's, that's not a new thing but it just feels like the gap is getting further and further away now from reality like the overall um, feeling of it like the Oscars I know they're trying to make it more relatable with these silly best. Uh, crowd cheer moment and popular film and all that all that kind of footballer. because I'm here for the Oscars I really love the Oscar I love Oscar night I love the uh, I love the awards being given out and I love seeing who's going to win this year and I've, I know I get a, I get a warm feeling when it comes to the Oscars again you know it's, it's all subjective we may not agree with who wins but you know it's 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 a fun evening but yeah it, it is also a, an excuse for the the Academy to just lavage untold riches on people who probably don't need it rather than maybe doing some more philanthropic work with that money which hey maybe they do maybe the academy are the most charitable organisation out there I don't know but maybe in a year maybe in like the years where we've had like a mass pandemic and wars and things like that maybe it probably doing be best to just not really publicise it or use that money to uh, spend on a good causes and then make yourself look really good in the eyes of the, in the eyes of the, the the public so I don't know yeah it's a it's a strange tradition but uh, it's one I don't think is ever gonna it's gonna stop anytime soon.
0: Yeah, no, and again, it's not no real hatred. It's more just no, like no. it was a fluff piece. I'm I'm mocking it with the uh a right amount of visceral fluff. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that said, that's our our headlines for the week, and they're they're pretty light for once. Sometimes they're pretty heavy. This week, pretty light, nothing big. Uh let's get to what we've been consuming then. This is media consumption. Movies, TV, video games, music, podcasts, whatever we use to pass the time between recordings. Matt, what have you been consuming since the last time we spoke?
1: Well, I wish somebody would call me Pretty Light. It's been a while since I've heard that. But um, <laughs> I've been—I've uh, watched a few things this week. I listened to the Force Center podcast again with Friend of the Sessions, Ken Knapsok, and his buddy Joseph, or his co-host. Uh, I didn't realize that they release episodes almost daily about geeky things like Star Wars. So I listened to that usually at work. I've... We, I get asked a lot. You know, do you listen to podcasts? And if so, when and where? And I usually kind of say no because I don't ever feel like I have the time to. It's never a, it's never a case of not wanting to because there's so many great content creators out there, and most of them John listens to. But I always feel like where, where can I listen to them? I uh, work is now the place I listen to. I sit at work, I put my headphones on, and I've got, I don't know, maybe six hours during the day to sit and listen to podcasts. And now I can actually start indulging. So that's where I listen to my shows, and I'm going to start listening to some more there. But in terms of films, I haven't watched any streaming series yet. Yes, I know I am a bad co-host, but uh, there is a show coming out in the next week or so, which I am excited for, and I will be able to share what I think about that when it drops uh, on Disney Plus. But I've seen four films this uh, last week uh, from a combination of work and seeing the Padawan Ooh. over the weekend. So I saw War for the Planet of the Apes. I rewatched that. Oh, um, recently uh, we had a guest on Sessions recently who. I guess I can't say who it is because it doesn't drop for another month or so. But they were in this film, that film. So I thought like, I'm gonna watch oh. that film, see what they did in it, and so I can at least reference it. Uh, and also, I really like the Rise and Dawn and, and War. I remember coming out thinking I think I liked it. I want, I, will, I, will, I want to really like it, but I'm not sure I really liked it. So I rewatched it. and I was like, yeah, it's a good film I, without the expectation. I think War is a good film. It's a good way to end the trilogy off. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first two but that's not a bad thing considering just how good those first two for me anyway, of the new, of the Matt Reeves apes films. Um, and then I watched a couple of films for our upcoming episode of movie astrology, where we're talking about 1991 in film. I watched speaking of Harrison Ford again, regarding Henry, uh, a film with him and Annette Benning. I watched I think, bugs,
0: bugsy. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to say, I think, is that Ron Howard's
1: does uh, Ron Howard director? No, but uh, there is a fun fact about who writes it, which I'll drop on that Astrology ah, episode. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. It was, um, is it Mike Nichols who directs? I think it's Mike Nichols who directs regarding Henry. Ah. Um, I think Harrison Ford's yeah, done a okay. film or two with him. Uh, so Annette Benning, Harrison Ford. I watched Bugsy with Annette Benning and Warren Beatty and The Fisher King, which was uh, Jeff. Bridges, Robin Williams. I have to always remember which Jeff it is. It's not Jeff Daniels, is Jeff Bridges. The Fisher King, which um, I, I I press play, uh, and it said directed by Terry Gilliam, and I thought, oh dear, oh no, I, know, yeah. I didn't know who I didn't know who directed it. So I'll save any thoughts for astrology on that. But yeah, so I watched a few. I went. I watched a few throwback films. War for the Planet of the Apes, and for the rest of the time, I have been doom scrolling through YouTube and watching some odd things like, what would it be like if you fell from space into the core of Jupiter and things like that and it gives me sweaty palms watching that kind of stuff. <laughs> um that's me. Fairly simple this week but John's always got a mixed bag. So what about you this week my friend?
0: Well, uh Blank Check just started their new series with Sam Raimi. Um so uh not with him like on the show but talking <laughs> about his movies. And uh so they started with his first film Evil Dead which I decided to rewatch after listening to the podcast. Um but uh so I caught More Than Robots which is a documentary on Disney Plus. Nice. Um, that's directed by uh, Gillian Jacobs or Jillian Jacobs. I'm actually not sure if it's Gillian. I think it's or Jillian. Jillian. Um, I, I, she's a big fan of her from Community and a few of her films. Um, uh, I don't know that, that her voice in, comes out in this particular doc, but it's a compelling doc, for, especially for teachers. It is about kids uh, competing in a robot building competition. Uh, it is filmed at the very end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. So guess what happens in the movie? <sighs> um so it is kind of a time capsule of our life at that time, but uh, it's, it's worth checking out if you like docs um, Thelma and Louise. I watch for uh, astrology. Uh, it's a Ridley Scott film that I had been meaning to get to. And um, a, one that I knew a lot about, but also didn't know like everything about, like I I had like preconceived notions. I've seen a lot of the big scenes, but I didn't really understand what the movie was going to be. So I was, uh, I'll talk more about it on astrology, but um, yeah, Thelma and Louise. I then did catch the whole Evil Dead trilogy, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, uh, Dead by Daylight, and or Dead by Dawn, sorry, wrong movie, Dead by Daylight. What Stadium, did you think? Um, and the Army of Darkness. I have watched them a few times at this point. I'm a big fan of this trilogy. I, I love, uh, I like Evil Dead 2 the most, but I do think Evil Dead is an underrated horror film. I think it is a terrifying film at moments, and uh, just the, the way it was made is so compelling. Um, I do think it's one of the, mo- the most interesting trilogies in that each movie resets the stage like evil dead Two, the first 10 minutes of the movie is re like retconning the first evil dead, like it changes (laughs) so much. And then the army of darkness does that again. Ash gives us a backstory, but it's not exactly the same. It's a different actress playing his girlfriend in each movie too. Um, so like it's, I don't know that any other trilogy does that where it like resets the table in slightly different ways to make it work for the new version. Like you can tell it wasn't fully planned as a trilogy. Um, and I, I've only seen the first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead, but I'm, I would assume they probably retcon it yet again in the TV series since it's 20 years later. Um, but then I went and caught, uh, Sam Raimi's second film, Crime Wave. Uh, Crime Wave is weird. Um, it is really a dark comedy. Uh, it almost feels like Roger Rabbit in some ways. Uh, and then, um, oh, what was the other movie I was comparing it to where like the villains are are so cartoonish and like, there's like cartoon sound effects and stuff. It is not a cartoon. It's not animated at all, but there is this weird underlying tone. Um, and one of the facts that I found really interesting about crime wave, it's written by the Coen brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was super wild. Uh, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, for movie club this week, we recorded already, but our episode won't drop until Saturday, but we watched, uh, the night of the hunter from
1: 1955.
0: Okay. And, have you seen that movie?
1: No, I haven't. No, uh,
0: it's a, it's a must watch dude. It is a really cinematically gorgeous film. Like the, the camera work in the film is insanely good. Um, it is dark and, uh, I didn't know this, but, um, Spike Lee borrows, uh, the love, hate, uh, speech that radio Raheem gives in uh, do the right thing from this movie. He, he changes it slightly. And instead of, uh, radio Raheem has rings. This guy has tattoos. Um, It's an excellent film. It's on Amazon prime here in the States. So if you, it's probably maybe there in the UK as well, highly recommend. Um, and then fried green tomatoes. Um, I watched again for astrology. I won't talk about it much here, but I had a huge misconception (laughs) of what that movie was going to be. Um, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, but I, I really thought fried green tomatoes was going to be like steel magnolias. It is not, it is very much not that movie. Um,
1: I always thought it was like Little Shop of Horrors, and again, I was uh, surprised when it wasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> worth checking out. Um, and then I was going to watch one more, and then I ended up just kind of hanging out with my daughter. I played a lot of video games this week. Um, I beat Dying Light 2, and uh, I bought WWE 2K22. Uh, I used to really be into wrestling video games. I used to be really into wrestling. I'm currently yeah. like five or six years out. I haven't really been watching WWE, but... Uh, I still like the games, and this game in particular has really, really grabbed me, and I'm having a lot of fun playing it. There's so much content that you can download and share with other users. Um, there's several different game modes. Like I've been having a blast. It's a little buggy still, uh, but it's it's really, really cool. Um, and then I watched a couple episodes of Our Flags Mean Death, but I don't remember much. Like it's been a week I think since I watched them, but we were a couple days behind with our recording, so. Um, I want to get to the rest of the series. I'm enjoying it. I just, it, it, I've just been busy, so uh, I've been choosing movies over shows when I can, um, or games over shows when I can. So uh, that's what I've been consuming. Um, but yeah, uh, being a busy last, man. Yeah, you know, I, it's I try to stay on top of things. But the last thing we have to talk about before we end this episode is how we are staying bloody awesome. Because it requires intentionality. You can't just be here. You have to actively think, how do I keep the awesome levels at peak performance, right? Because we're like machines, man. If you yeah. don't get the oil changed, if you don't get you know the, the, the rest that we need, sometimes the awesome levels can drop. And we don't want the warning sirens going off. Those are annoying. Nobody needs to hear that. We want to keep this going. So Matt, I need to know, what are you doing to make sure you're staying at the appropriate bloody awesome level?
1: Well, my friend, in order to stay uh, well oiled, since the last episode, I have done something which I don't often do, and that's sleep. <laughs> I am, um, I am the, you know, t- awful as a night owl. John probably can actually attest sometimes because I yeah. will get a message from John that what it'll pro- probably be sometimes about half past nine, maybe in the evening, John's time. So you know, you're just sort of maybe chilling out. You get message back. It's Hopper's two my end. I'm just just to sup, just doing stuff, uh, and then I wonder why I'm knackered. I'm tired the next day about and crash at about two p.m. I think oh, and then it hits me like, why do not you just go to bed earlier? Why do not you get more sleep? You're not missing out on anything by going to get an extra two hour or two sleep. So um, the last week I have been sleeping earlier. It was a push to start with because my body was t- trying to say no. You, it's only you know eleven. What are you What are you doing? It's is this is usually party time. And by party time, I mean this is usually when you put YouTube on the TV. Um, so I've been uh, enjoying more sleep recently because I heard it gives more benefits, cognitive, and just made you feel better. And I also heard that you can lose weight in your sleep. So I'm thinking, well, if I can do if I can sleep more and exercise less, and maybe still lose weight, this is a surely a win-win. But uh, I'm not entirely sure I've quite got the grasp of it yet. But um no, yeah, my friend, my my, I have been staying bloody awesome simply by catch. Last last week, I think, was drinking more water, which I still am doing. Now it's sleeping more to get the keep the brain functioning um, and to start feeling so drained. Uh, so then when it comes to recording a bloody awesome podcast like this, I actually feel bloody awesome for once. So that's how I've been doing it, my friend. A bit of self-care again. That
0: is an important thing, sir. I don't think we often take advantage of... Uh of our well taking advantage of taking care of ourselves. um mm-hmm. i'm kind of on a similar thing uh it's spring break for spring me. break. i alluded to that earlier that's why i was able to run this morning um and uh you know like i, I actively i always have work to do with part of being a teacher is you bring work home with you you're you're kind of expected to work off the clock and uh i i Used to, I would wait until the end of the week. Uh, I'll wait until like those last few days and I'll do it. But then you're just always thinking about all the work you have to do like throughout the break. So this time I was like, I'm going to get my work done on Monday. That way I don't have to think about anything work related until like Sunday, just like making sure I have everything I need for Monday, the next Monday. So uh, that's been great because I have been able to do whatever I want this week, basically. Um, I did start my spring break off with a root canal. Oh. Uh, on monday uh for two hours i was in a dentist chair and now i have a cold uh i am assuming it's probably because i was around people with my mouth open for two hours even though they were wearing masks as you know doctors and dentists have always done yeah um and never mind but, uh but nevertheless i woke up this morning with a cold i have uh, tested negative for covid so positive there positive that i'm negative positively um, negative but uh You know, I'm just enjoying myself. I've been trying to uh, watch some movies and uh, play some video games, like I said, Um, but just trying to relax, which is, I think, how it's connected to your sleeping. I'm not sleeping more um, because I kind of just can't. I I sleep like five to six hours most nights. Mm -hmm. Um, I did stay up a little later than normal last night, but because I was playing a game with a friend. Um, But yeah, I'm just trying to like enjoy my time off and uh, decompress and... Uh, we're, when we come back, we have basically eight weeks left of school and we're on oh, summer, summer vacation. Although I am working, uh, I'm teaching online c- college classes this summer. So not even getting my full summer break, but um, my online classes are relatively like, I don't do much. I just, you know, uh, facilitate basically. But nevertheless, uh, I've, I've been trying to really break this week. So I'm grateful for the time.
1: Do you have that thing where you take time off or you have a uh, spring break or, 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 or an enforced break from sc- class or, or your job and you sp- and you start panicking, thinking, I've got so many things I want to do. What do I pick first? Like, for example, you mentioned films. Sometimes I think, oh, there's about nine films I want to watch. Oh, well, which one do I want to wa- what? Which one do I want to watch? But at the same time, I want to play a video game. Oh, and I also want to go for a walk. Oh, I also want to do. Do you ever get that feeling where you suddenly oh, have yeah. time and you don't quite know what to do with it?
0: All the time. Um, okay, okay, good. Uh, a lot of times the, the choice paralysis happens where you end up doing none of those things yeah. and you just sit in a chair going, I should probably do something. But you're just like, but what? How do I decide? Um, it's one of the reasons I love doing the podcasts that we do because it gives me a focus. Because like, yes. I s- often feel overwhelmed by the amount of movies that I want to watch. And I, I use uh, lists like for movie astrology or um, I uh, th- our local theater is getting a Bollywood movie, which our local theater never gets that type of stuff. Like hmm. we are not a, uh, we have actually, we have an anime playing right now, um, which surprised me because also our theater rarely gets anime and we never get international films. And uh, so That's I was really surprised. I think it's called RRR if I remember correctly. And uh, the I'm way not my- too
1: clued up on Bollywood.
0: I'm not at all and that's so the way my brain works was like well i clearly need to do a deep dive into bollywood if i'm gonna like watch this movie yeah. so what are I, I i went on letterboxd and i'm looking like i'm sure someone has made a list of essential bollywood movies Ka-boom. and here's the thing the first thing people who make lists if you're calling something essential you can't put <laughs> a thousand movies on the list that's not essential <laughs> A thousand's way too many. You need... What are the major touchstones that will give you an idea of what this film genre has been? So, 20 movies is, I think, a minimal, like, standard if a, if a genre has been around for a long time. Obviously, some genres, if they're only a couple of years, uh, there may not be 20 movies. But, like, I understand there's thousands of Bollywood movies, and they're probably great. But you don't need to watch a thousand to understand what the genre has been over its time period. So, I... I especially you can't call it essential. If you want to make a list that says all of the movies, cool. Do that. If you're saying these are the essential viewing, if you want to get a, a snapshot of what the genre is, 20 is I think the, like the goal, maybe 40, a thousand is unreasonable. Like that's, that's oh, yeah. I am never going to watch any other movies again. I'm just watching Bollywood films for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> and maybe you want to do that, but you can't call that essential. Anywho, no, no, I found that, a few that's essential not an
1: ultimate list. That's just to That's just a list.
0: It's just a list of the movies. It's like okay, <laughs> great. That's that's what Letterbox is already. Thank you. Um, but uh, I did find a couple of essential lists. I don't know that I'm actually going to, but that's how my brain works. Is I like that. I like knowing that I can complete this. Like this is a, a reasonable yeah. amount of goals because if I'm just looking at all the movies in the world, that's overwhelming. Because like, where do which one do I invest my time in right now? Yeah. But if I have a list. A, a, with a, a clear goal like I want to know more about this genre or I want to watch all of this filmmaker's movies or this actor's work it's much easier to pick Um, that's why I love Blank Check because they give me that list uh, we're, we're doing Sam Raimi movies cool I've seen almost all of his films I'm missing three so uh, Crime Wave was one of them I gotta watch A Simple Plan uh, for the love of the game which by the way his filmography is very weird um, and there's one <laughs> more film of his I haven't seen Uh, The Gift but not it's a different the gift, um, I, which I actually own because the cast was really good. I didn't even know it was the same Raimi film. Anywho, um, that's uh, what happens. You asked the question, you got that
1: hyperfixation
0: answer. I apologize.
1: Uh, uh, that's, why, that's why we work because I'm exactly the same. That's why I love doing something like astrology, where the we've got our next episode coming out in a couple, week or two, and then the one after that is very much a case of right. This is going to give me a ton of things to watch,
0: but I've it's quite got nice four yeah. movies off of uh, the 1966
1: yeah. list. So. <laughs> I was going to have a look as well. I've, I've got a list of where to get some, or I know some are yep. on streaming over here, but it's nice to know that if you, uh, that, you know, the next couple of weeks, you know, at the, uh, after work, I can put on a film, mate. hopefully an hour and a half, two hours, some obviously longer from the olden times, but I know that I could start uh, whittling through them. I've got something to watch and it's no different to me from watching a new film. You know, if I might watch a film from way back in the 60s, which is awful, But at the same time, I've watched many from 2022, which are awful. So I don't care when they're from, I'm hoping to find some absolute, you know, new favorite films. And uh, that's the, that's the excitement of it, which I know you're the same is watching these new films, whether it's from a genre, a decade, a director or a year and hoping you suddenly have a, like a new film to put in your top 10 or top 50 films of all time. So that's what keeps me going.
0: Well, folks, that is our episode for uh, X, um, we will be back next week with a kind of weird episode. Uh, the UK and American <laughs> release dates for the, the movies that are coming out are messed up. Um, Ambulance is coming out in the UK this Friday. Yep. But it doesn't come out here in the States till April 15th, I believe. And then over here this Friday, The Lost City is coming out, but it doesn't come out till like April 8th in the UK. Yep. So... Matt and I decided uh, we will do a split review. He's going to watch Ambulance. I'm going to watch The Lost City and we will be here to just spoiler-free episode. Uh, he'll talk about Ambulance a little bit and hopefully get me hyped up to see it and hopefully. I will talk about The Lost City, which I got to say, The Lost City has burke love all over it like it is a rom-com with shanny tatum and sandra bullock or Daniel Radcliffe.
1: and Daniel Radcliffe. the cast looks great um everything every if i hear the lost city i shudder because i think of the lost city of z and think oh please not that again but i'm looking forward to seeing the lost city ambulance i, I i'm gonna go in with expectations of some level at least
0: but three actors i like a lot jake gyllenhaal yaya you have to yep and then um, uh, Isa Gonzalez is uh, mm-hmm. the female yeah. lead, um, and I I really liked her in Baby Driver, and so and uh, she was in the worst person in the not the worst person in the world the um the freaking Soderbergh film. Oh, I can't think of what it's called.
1: It's gone it in, off of my head as well.
0: It's got Rosamund Pike in it. And man, I cannot think of what it is. But anywho, um, yeah, so I'm I'm hopeful for
1: it. But is it's Michael Bay, right? It's, it's Transformer less Michael Bay though. So uh, yes. But, He's, he's done, Michael Bay. We we all joke about him, but he's done some good films. He, like, he's nineties oh, yeah. films. Some of them are great, or they're all worse. than guilty pleasures. But now, of course, he's known as the smash bang wallet robot guy because of his own doing as well. May we add? Yeah. I'm um, You know, I'm, I'm never going to go to a Michael Bay film and expect to be bored. Put it like that.
0: But uh, with that kind of weird hybrid thing, we won't be doing spoiler apps for either Ambulance or Lost City mm-hmm. uh, because we don't want to spoil it for the other person. Um, but we are going to have our spoiler episode for X. So uh, if you're subscribed to Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, you will get that in your feed on Monday, like usual. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Uh, on Instagram, we are Bloody Awesome Movie Pod, and on Twitter,
1: we are BAMP underscore podcast, B A M P underscore podcast. And if
0: you're still on the old Facebook, you can search us up there. Uh, just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. You can follow me individually at Burke Reviews.com and at Burke Reviews on all the social media platforms.
1: And Matt, uh, you can find me what I watch UK. Same again, all the social media platforms and letterboxed as well. And, uh, if you like what we're doing
0: here at the bloody awesome movie podcast, we ask that you take just a minute and give us that five star rating because it helps other listeners find us. And that is what we're hoping for. We would like other people to listen to the show. We appreciate you. We don't want you to go anywhere. But we would mm. like some some additional ears hearing the words that come out of our mouths. That said, uh, we encourage you to keep
1: watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blah, 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 blah.